Welcome to a new edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Uh, today we'll jump into, we have to, we got to talk the Hawks uh, and everything that they have been able to accomplish so far heading into the Eastern Conference Championship Series against the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll also highlight the new Techstars Accelerator in, out of Indy, uh, some of those uh, new founders that were selected there, and a couple really cool platforms that we'll bring to you before our funding round. So we'll jump into it. We'll try to keep this, try to keep it at five minutes around there or so. But I mean, it's, it is exciting to see a team that was truly kind of dead in the water back in February. They were the you know worst fourth quarter defensive rating team in the league. People were struggling. People were out uh, with injuries. DeAndre Hunter, who obviously uh, re-injured himself at the beginning of the Sixers series, uh, was out at the time. Cam Reddish, who looks like he may be coming back here for the Bucks series, was out. Uh, Bogdanovich was out. And the Hawks felt – they felt stale. I remember Travis Slink was kind of going on different uh, podcasts and kind of talking about, you know, where they were, how they viewed the team. And he boiled it down. He said, you know, we need success. You know, we need – to see wins started to pile up. And the person that I had always, I think in group chats, you know, silently said the guy that has to change a little bit for the Hawks to be able to maximize the roster, maximize who is there is Trey Young. And so much, you have to give him so much credit, so much kudos for his ability. I mean, he's, we all know how talented he is offensively, but how he's found a way to truly understand how to get guys involved, how to uh, read the game in a different way. And, and I think also play better helps on defense. And Nate McMillan's done such an amazing job. I mean, 39 and 19 record uh, after taking over uh, and obviously still having this, you know, associate or interim title. Uh, just an unbelievable job that he's done and, and just really cool to see. I mean, I, I don't think anyone thought the Hawks, I mean, I said it on Twitter the other day at Steemac that it's, you're playing with house money right now, right? It's, it's unbelievable to see. And that's without guys playing really well. Obviously Kevin Herter had an amazing game seven. Uh, Bogdanovich is hurt uh, right now with a little knee injury. He had a knee injury early in the season. DeAndre Hunter, like I said, um, earlier is, is is now out for the rest of the playoffs with the meniscus tear. So just an unbelievable job by by the Hawks here. And, um, yeah, it's super fun and, and amazing for the city, as you saw so many people rallying around this team. Yeah, the only thing I know is calling all scrippers, calling all hustlers, finesses. I'm talking when game three come into ATL. You're going to see the finest of the finest from front row all the way to the rafters. I think the cheapest ticket right now is 300 So you know the city of Atlanta is hyped up. Yes, I'm rocking this while I got the Atlanta hat on at the moment. Everybody excited. I mean, like you said, this is a team that surpassed all expectations, and you're just riding high with something that Atlanta fans were never treated to, and that's just – Playoff success, but I mean playoff success when you thought you, like you said, dead in the water. You didn't think you really stood a chance. So why get your hopes up anyways? Not, not like when the Falcons went on that run and you expected them to make it to the NFC Championship game. It was expectations that you knew that this that that team needed to make, and you knew that was going to happen. This team, you come out of left field a little bit. Um, you see the stardom and Trey Trey Young uh, budding, 
And then you see the way that he also incorporates his players because when Trey does struggle or he goes cold in moments, you got Lemon Pepper Lou. You're going to have that Magic City special. That's what they're going to have down there at Magic City. They're going to have them Lemon Pepper Lou, number six special, probably out there on that menu. Then you got Kevin Herter, uh, who came through with 27 of his own. Bogdanovich, the only bogey out there in the league. That's the only bogey we're going to recognize. And then you also have Gallinari and then the silent assassin in the middle with Clint Capella doing his thing. And, uh, I mean, you you can't discredit the bench as well, the the extended bench. And it's it's just fun. It gets me hyped. I would love to be able to go to game one. If they go to the finals, might have to work something out. But I think this is good for basketball. People always – people try to make the, the, the argument and it's the people that don't involve themselves or know the sport really. We're like, oh, KD's not in it. LeBron's not in it. The casual fan doesn't want to watch it because Steph's not in it. This is the first time you, you've asked for parody, and here is parody. Right. Did it come by way of COVID? Possibly, maybe just a little bit. But now you have a team, four teams, three of which have never, two of which have never won a championship. And the other two, technically, the Hawks really have never won a championship. I'm not counting the St. Louis Hawks. Like, that doesn't count. Yeah, I don't either. It's 1967. In the modern yeah. time, right? This is the 2015 team also went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They played LeBron. LeBron swept them, obviously. Uh, and, and that Cavs team with with Love and Curry before they both got hurt before going to the to the championship. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this feels like the best chance. And to your point, I mean, if you're a fan and you've always been like, oh, well, you know who's going to win every year. Well, now you have no idea. You have, exactly. there's no, I mean, there's, there's some big names still out there, right? Chris Paul, Paul George, Giannis, but this is the first time where you get to really see a team that shouldn't be there. The Phoenix Suns, you know, they had the best record, but no one thought they would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bucks as well. And, and obviously the Hawks and, and I think people felt like the Clippers, if they got things together, they would be there. So it's, yeah. um, it's exciting, man. And let me ask you this before I jump into these stories here. I, I want to do – I know we're we're a little past five minutes. Apologize. I, I feel like I have to frame this because we've all been there as an athlete when you're, you're kind of tested, right? And a guy on the Sixers is, is now being – I don't know why you have to mention words. Ben Simmons, yes. What about Ben Simmons are you trying to ask? No, I'm not mincing him. I mean, I think my question, right, is he the, – the toughest thing as an athlete – is not when you fail, failing is going to happen. Failing happens in life. But when you fail and you start to lose respect from your peers, right? It's one thing if fans for them to say something or just, you know, get on Twitter and and talk a little bit. But when your peers start to look at you differently, how do you handle that? I, I guess my question is, did you ever see that on a team? And or how do you think Ben Simmons will handle that that pressure and really that that new moniker that's going to be kind of put on it. Yeah, I've definitely seen that on a team. And the only time I've ever seen that is in two places. That's in middle school and high school. It was the only two places where you're not mentally strong enough to to trust your ability. And that's what we saw with, with uh, Ben Simmons. And it was sad to see because when you're at that level, you know, being a professional athlete, um, you questioning your abilities is is, is sad. And uh, I, I truly mean that. And I hope he has people that can pump him up and bring him back around to a positive mindset because when you don't do the things that got you there and that's what he stopped doing, 
which is just driving to the basket, playing good defense, but being aggressive and going to the hole. He stopped doing that and lost full confidence in what his abilities were just because he wasn't hitting free throws and we already knew he can't shoot. So now he took away his only threat. And it's really tough to see somebody go through that. But at the same time, specifically for Ben Simmons, he's been in the league for four years. And the complacency that you're hearing, which is the biggest word for him that's going around, um, thinking that you could do this for your entire career, never learning how to shoot consistently. Um, that's where you don't feel bad from him because that's just yeah. you being lazy and not getting in the gym. But you never want to see somebody lose confidence in just their natural ability for what got them into whatever position that they're in. Cause now you're just questioning your existence. And then that you never want to see some, see from somebody. What do you think? I'm with you. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it happen at a high level. I think, I think the difficult thing is when you start to question yourself around people that you should be the same or even better than, or maybe just have more natural ability than it is super hard to just to flip that switch back. Like you said, I hope that he has people around him. And obviously um, we look at mental health much differently now. So I hope uh, that he's able to kind of seek that out in whatever way that he might need that. But also to your point, right? If you aren't putting in the work, the preparation to be able to go be successful, then then there's something that has to change there. So yeah. I'm super, I mean, you know, listen, he's still 6'10", he's still rich. Yeah, $180 million. Yeah, I don't feel bad from that standpoint. Yeah. I feel bad for that confidence. But like, no, you you needed to be in the gym these past four years to learn how to shoot. That is an objective criticism. You can't – he see, the, the difference here, I think, and I'll, I'll stop after, yeah. is he rattled himself for going 13 for 40 from the line. It wasn't fans chiding him. It wasn't really the media. They were talking about it. But he the only time it really piled on was after game seven. He physically and mentally took himself out and said, I can't be effective because I've been missing free throws. That's might be a doc thing. That could be an internal locker room thing. And like you said, when you lose, you start to lose that respect after game three, he was just non-existent. Four, five, right. six, seven. His stats, we you can look them up and count it all on one finger. <laughs> one hand, but it's the same thing. So that was tough. But Hawks on. Let's go to the finals. Yeah, exciting. Like I said, exciting for the city. Uh, can't wait to see the series starting off here uh, tomorrow. So, so what else is happening in the in the city though? Yeah, we wanted to highlight this super cool fan duel. Who I believe is in your part, sort of neck of the woods at the moment. Uh, they are actually headed to Atlanta, so Pond City Market, which has I hate to say revitalized, but obviously kind of come up here over the last five seven years in the city. Um, they will be the new place for FanDuel HQ. Uh, they're going to take over a 68,000 square foot space, which is pretty super exciting. Uh, so if you've ever wanted to work uh, for that company or in that um, kind of the sports gambling space, uh, definitely check them out as they are headed there. So, so many companies and, and you know, Microsoft, we'll be back to your story, another story about Microsoft later, uh, later on in the show. Uh, it's just exciting to see some of the things going on in Atlanta. Hopefully some of the other things will be cleaned up as well, but uh, super exciting to hear the FanDuel is headed there. Uh, with their new HQ. Next one to highlight uh, the Indie Tech Stars Accelerator. Uh, super cool. So it's managed by Jordan Flegel, um, who actually did some really cool stuff maybe five, six years ago with Steph Curry. Um, so they have announced their third round of their accelerator program. It's a 13 week program. Uh, I'm not going to read all of the names here, but there's a few that we have actually highlighted here on the show. So I will give you those. Uh, Grind, which is out of Houston, the portable rebounding machine that enables optimal 
daily repetition to reach your peak performance. Uh, Launchpad, which is out of Denver, in-home athletic training platform with AI coaching for young athletes. Uh, Sports Icon, which is out of London, the NFT platform. Obviously, we talked so much about NFTs here that allow sports enthusiasts to own part of the journey. Other icons through limited edition uh, digital collectibles. And then Player Data, which is out of Scotland. Technology that helps individual athletes and teams train across multiple sports and multiple platforms. So again, again, just highlighting a few of those that we've touched on uh, previously on the podcast. But again, shout out to the Indie the 2021, I should say, Indie Techstar Sports Accelerator, uh, just announcing their class there. So next one we have is, I just wanted to highlight, I think it's always really cool when you see player data kind of looped into, you know, really kind of tracking and, and measuring, you know, what what performance is going on, uh, on on the field, or in this case, on the course. So if you're not a huge golf fan, all good, but the PGA Tour and Whoop. This is back in January, actually. They announced a uh, a partnership that really allowed players to be able to wear uh, the straps. So, so Whoop is a Boston-based performance tracking and analytics company. Um, so, essentially, you can kind of put this, you know, obviously a, a wearable on yourself, and it's able to track, uh, you know, your steps, uh, all the data kind of around you. I think the really cool thing for golfers, and as you've seen, take a guy like Bryson DeChambeau, right, who was really – and really maybe Rory before him, and obviously Tiger was on a different level with this. But being able to truly kind of understand your metrics as a golfer. You know, I go to uh, an indoor place now and really kind of track, you know, my swing and its path, uh, the power that I'm getting. So really cool to understand other data, right, some of your health uh, metrics while you're out on the course to be able to optimize uh, everything that you are as an athlete for a golfer. Typically, we don't think all the time as as golfers as athletes, but I think this is something that real something that is super cool and really wanted to highlight it. Taylor, what do you think about this one? No, I think it's uh, it's pretty cool, and I think the, the the biggest note about this is the fact that a lot of these players that are wearing them aren't sponsored or being paid to wear it. So it shows you that they really believe in the, the analytics and data that they're getting back from, from the whoop devices that they're wearing. So again, for people, whoop is basically like your little old, you know, a bigger live strong bracelet um, just for Pictionary or picture, just to give you a picture. And that's what's on your wrist. And it has the sensors that collect your, all that data that's drilling right out about your heart rate Um you know, where you, where you're spiking, what you're, what you're doing during the day, you know, uh, when you're peaking and stuff like that during your workout or when you're playing. So it, it, it's kind of cool. It's really cool because, you, you know, if you're a trainer of say Rory and you're like, Hey, we're just going to go through this first tournament, just do everything you do naturally. After that, we're going to recover. We're going to see, what data you know is pumped out from how you are on the course, what you do from a cool down, what you do from sleeping, and then we can see how that affects your performance. Obviously, there's other stuff mentally that goes into uh, sorry uh, golf at the same time, but you can see where you can try and get greater advantages, and Wu can definitely help that out. So that that is cool that a lot of these players are starting to wear it and collect that data about yourself because it's it's it really when it comes down on the course and the way that these guys are hitting and the way that they're playing. Any small factor that they can add to their game from really the outside perspective gives you just that, you know, greater either mental edge 
or physical capability to winning yourself a, a PGA championship or, or something on the tour. Yeah. And the other cool, cool aspect of this is uh, whoop, whoop is activating and creating custom content. So if you go to PGA tour.com slash active, you actually get a little bit of those, those highlights, right. And really understand uh, kind of a behind the curtain look uh, and of techniques and activities uh, they're really some of the best players to your point, right? Everyone isn't sponsored, but because so I believe a thousand um, whoop races were sent out during in January when this, uh, this partnership went to, went into effect and they're able to take all of that data mm-hmm. and they want to compile it uh, and, and really be able to, like I said, give fans a really cool inside look as to what makes golfers, uh, you know, what, what puts them at, at their, their, their top of their game. So I think that's super cool. It's, you know, Anything that you can do to really action data um, is awesome. But also, to we've seen a few of these platforms and, and uh, really data companies that are out there that are trying to kind of maximize. Hey, how do we get fans involved, right, on some of these the, some of this information that we have? So, really cool thing that I think Whoop is doing. I wanna whoop, baby, whoop, whoop, baby, whoop. If they don't turn that into their commercial, I don't know what they're doing. How many I people? Really do you know, how many people do you think know that song? If you don't, you must be a blast at parties. An absolute blast. I mean, that song's from like 94. Salt and pepper. Everybody knows everybody everybody knows that. I'm just I'm just saying. I wanna shoot, baby, shoot, shoot, baby, shoot, baby, shoot, baby, baby, baby. I mean, that is a golden opportunity for a commercial once this gets bigger. You're welcome. I mean, it's a great idea. You should reach out to their their marketing team. Next one here, if you've been watching, I shouldn't say that. It, it, it's cool that soccer is kind of at the forefront right now because of the European uh, championships. It's it's also it's just awesome when you've got games on kind of in the background when you're working. I'll be very honest with you there, especially being on the West Coast. Um, La Liga and Microsoft uh, just announced a new partnership. So, Microsoft already has something very similar to this with the NBA, uh, but what this partnership plans to do is to create new stat graphics for game broadcasts, which is really cool. We also highlighted this with AWS and the NHL. So what Microsoft is going to be able to really showcase to you is the distance a ball travels in the air on a crossfield pass and develop new broadcast features tied to AR, VR, and 3D replays. Taylor, what do you think about this one? Now, I'll be, I'll be short. It just adds to the list of you know just really fan engagement and being able to give the casual fan greater access and a quicker a quicker learning curve i would say to a sport that they might you know be they're familiar with but would love to dive into it but kind of don't have the time or really understand where to go and and and, and what to look at so i i think it just create it creates you know more more fans obviously in liga major if you don't know about the la liga you just obviously google it and the significance of this partnership so i I think it really enhances for the common fans to really learn about the game but then for the diehards and those that are very understanding and involved with uh all things football this just adds another element so that you can you know chide your favorite player but at a more analytical level so <laughs> the insults that are going to be coming at you when you ain't playing good or you missing, 
uh, it'll be exact and to a T. So I don't even know if players can really complain because they're not lying. If there's if you, they're saying you missed the missed the goal by 10 feet, you really did miss it by 10 feet. They know this for a fact. They ain't just saying it just to say it to you. So it it, it just adds a nice a nice layer for from both aspects, the fully committed and diehard fans and then those that are kind of more casual would um, would love the extra data. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be huge. Obviously, uh, you know, ESPN uh, expanded their partnership with the Liga as well. We highlighted that, I believe, a few shows ago. So, yeah, this is this is big. I'm interested to see the AR, really VR, and kind of the 3D, how that is integrated into the broadcast, uh, which actually takes me into really our last platform, which is Kentar, and Kentar is the first AR-centered fan technology platform company where it enables content owners, creators, and ride holders to build captivating live action AR experiences. This one's super cool. It's actually uh, kind of kind of birthed out of former Intel sports uh, execs, Jay, uh, Jay Rom and Jeff Jonas. Um, so it's cool. If you go to their site, if you type in like on Google Kintar, what's really awesome is there you're able to u- utilize your phone, right? So if you, Come on, and you're like, oh man, cool. Got a got a soccer game on, right? It's I don't know, who's playing tomorrow, Portugal and France. And you're able to then, as they are kind of building out their technology here, you can kind of put your phone up. It's going to be able to really scan the field, and then with the AR capabilities, right? Especially as that kind of gets built out and things like that, you could then have a field sitting on your your coffee table, right? with all of these metrics around it, which to me is just unbelievably cool, right? Uh, it, it's so cool to be able to kind of take what's on your TV and then place it really at your fingertips, right? Uh, and I, I really can't wait to, to kind of see this truly in action. Um, and, and yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's, where it's I, I don't know, where the, the technology is, we're so close to getting to where we've kind of all seen like Minority Report and things like that, right? Our technology is so close to being there. And this is one of those announcements um, where when I saw it, 76 Capital was uh, one of the first people to kind of announce they were they were investing in it. When I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is this is something one I want to understand, but also kind of get involved with. So, um, yeah, Taylor, what do you think about this one? Literally the only thing that I was thinking about at this moment, because you have that AR, that AR capability, so you can project onto your table. If you're a fan in the stadium, you can take your phone and it'll live overlay, you know, what somebody's shot chart is. Imagine like a fan sneaking in a white a white sheet and then somebody had one of those pocket projectors, which you can have now. And you just put up Ben Simmons shot chart in the middle, like as he's shooting the free throw. Like that would be. That would be amazing. Like fan, like like fan engagement would be. First off, I don't know how you sneak it in, but people can do it. But uh, I'm just thinking of what I like. I I don't know. I just think I'm in the mode of after people came at came at our superstar from the New York fans to the Philly fans trying to talk about Trey being bald, and I've just been on the thought process of how fans can interact in a fun way, um, and obviously from an analytical way to players on the quarter on the field. So I think this is really cool, especially being at the house. And then you have to wear, you have to wear the AR glasses when you're in your home. And then that is what enables the display to pop up on your designated surface. And I believe you put a little structure down there as as well. So it'll pop up and be interactive from that standpoint. But when you do have your phone in the, 
in the arena on the at, on the field um, in the stadium. Sorry that you'll be able to live track and and see as an overlay. You know, somebody's shot chart. You can see the distance a, a field goal is if you're not able to count yardage. If you don't, oof, Lord help you. But if you can't and you struggle with it, or you maybe you are you know visually impaired at the same time, you know it, it does help those with disabilities. You can overlay and look at the yardage and, and do different things interactive wise with tracks. So I think it's fun, but imagine like somebody brought the shot chart in and no, just like I, projected the, it up. That it's, it, I mean, you know, you, you took it in, in that direction as always. But what's what's interesting about this is I thought about that. I was like, all right, say you got some friends over, you're drinking, you're watching the game, you get an argument. I'll give an argument that's been big in our group chat, which is. Who's a better player, which I don't think now it's an argument. At the beginning of the season, I think it was a fair question. Is Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma better than Andrew Wiggins, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, maybe, right? Now that's not a question, right? Andrew Wiggins is a better player. But it'd be so interesting, right, as you're sitting there kind of arguing and drinking and things like that to be able to have this, like I said, on your coffee table yeah, and be able to showcase like, Look at these metrics. Look at yeah. what this person's doing. He Here's has what? no threes. He right. has no threes. Look, look at it. Boom, 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 boom. I think it's I think it's one of those those advancements in technology that you know we've all been you know kind of clamoring for and waiting for as we advance technology as as technology starts to advance, we get a little bit smarter. Uh it's it's something that that's Really cool, I think, and and I'm excited to uh, to really see it see it come to fruition here. I think it's one of those things too, where to your point, I mean, it could just become this. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, sports is becoming extremely expensive, right? And any kind of advantage you can give to people at home, obviously, probably for a price, right? But yeah. any type of advantage you can give people that are able that do want to stay home or don't have the means to be able to go to all these games all the time, right? Uh, is also a, a really big thing, I think, and, and something that a lot of people within the sports tech industry are working on. Yeah, and but I, I think you made a really good point earlier, just of how much closer. I know, I know you said it jokingly of how much closer we are to Minority Report, and I think after everybody watched that movie, we all want to be able to sit in our kitchen with your TV with your TVs and do what uh, Colin Farrell was doing with your fingers and manipulating the screen and widening, doing like your Iron Man. So. Tony Stark in his in his garage and when he creates yeah. stuff. So those capabilities, it's it's crazy to think about what the 1990s were in comparison to where we are now. I mean, 21 years is, you know, a flash in the pan. If you really think about it from the grand scheme of things, Lord willing, this uh, planet does not burn up and the sun does not get larger and, and take us all out too early. And that the planet keeps spinning and we can add more years. But I'm just saying in that 21 year time, time frame that so much has changed in, in the availability of uh, technology uh, that is out there is amazing. I think, thank you for that, I think, yes. Sterling, you've never thought about the existential crisis of what if the sun goes supernova? You've never had one of those one of those moments? You've never been like, whoa, it is a star. It is destined to blow up in like a billion years, a million, who knows? But it could happen any day. You just never know. I have not. I've I think I've thought about the zombie apocalypse more than I thought about that. That is so much. That is so far off. Thank you. Thank you. AMC over here. 
the Walking well, yeah, Dead. I, mean, I think it's just more of the the shows you watch, right? Also, one of my favorite movies is World War Z. Like anytime it's on like TNT or FXX or whatever, like I'm definitely watching it. I mean, if you think about it, I'm not talking about the zombies. I'm still talking about space. If if the Earth was a thousand miles in another direction, temperature change, world uh, tidal shifts. Obviously, if the moon doesn't come with us, we are literally riding in a spaceship. If you think about it, Sterling, we are riding in a spaceship that is so delicate and so precious to our life. One small tweak can forever change it. That is something to it'll have you freaked out if you think about it 24-7. Well, thankfully, I don't. Good, good. Not trying to put it on your radar, but I just did. I apologize, everyone. With on that note, we're gonna hit a few funding rounds here. So Barry Lim, an innovative game development startup that is integrating trading me- uh, me- mechanisms. That's a weird word. With emerging sectors such as fantasy sports, announced that they had secured a three million dollar investment for its pre-series A round led by Bullpit Capital. Uh, other investors in the round include uh, Genting Ventures and Velo Partners. Next is Lupe Tech. They're the latest live e-commerce streaming platform built for sports card collectors. They just received venture capital investment of $12 million in their Series A funding round. Uh, the round was led by Forerunner Ventures with additional investments by Nat Turner and DJ Ski. Next, Facebook actually bought they, – they've had a few acquisitions here lately. Uh, this one I wanted to highlight here on this podcast because they added Big Box VR uh, to their portfolio. Uh, obviously, with I, – I, I do feel like Oculus Quest 2 has done a little bit better, but one of the bigger titles is Population 1 uh, for them. So – Big Box also raised pretty recently, uh, just before the Facebook acquisition, uh, $6.5 million uh, with funding from Shasta Ventures, Apple's Capital, and Pioneer Square Labs. Uh, So really interesting acquisition there for Facebook. Interested to see uh, what they do and kind of how they add that to their portfolio here uh, moving forward for the rest of the year. And the last one is Terra, a recent Y Combinator graduate which is building out an API for fitness and health data, announced that they closed a $2.8 million round uh, with investments from General Capitalist, Samsung Next, and Next Ventures. So that rounds out the funding rounds and concludes the show for the day. We appreciate it. Continue to rate, subscribe, listen. Uh, Really appreciate all the feedback, especially... Out, out there in Australia, I got to give a quick shout out to everybody out there. Thank you so much uh, for continuing to listen and prop us up. Um, we really appreciate all, all of it. You can find me at Steamac on Twitter or Instagram and Taylor at TaylorMac29. And we'll see you on the next edition of Sports Tech and Legacy.